0: Shall we just commit this time into the Lord's hands and pray that He will speak to us? That even as we listen to the words that He has for us, we will be attentive and we will pray that God will minister to each one of us personally. Father God, we commit this time into your hands and we ask, Lord, that you take charge of every word that is being uttered from here, Lord Father. You take charge of every year that is hearing these words. And I pray, Lord, that you will make changes where changes need to be made. You will take control and you will guide and lead. And you will make the difference in our life, Lord. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you turn with me to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. And we'll read verses 57 to 63. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 57 to 63. Now when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea, named Joseph, who himself had also become. commanded the body to be given to him. Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary, sitting opposite the tomb on the next day, which followed the day of preparation. The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember, while he was still alive, how this deceiver said, After three days, I will rise. Let's also turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, and we'll read a very similar passage, verses 50 to 56. Luke 23, 50 to 56. Now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision and deed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the Kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen and laid it on a tomb that was hewn out of the rock, where no one had ever lain before. That day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment." In May 2005, that is exactly 10 years back, two Japanese soldiers were discovered hiding in the jungles of Mindano in the Philippines. They were old men, each in their 80s, and they still carried the rifles they had been issued in 1945, when Japan was a major player in the Second World War. The Filipino people who discovered these two old men had difficulty in convincing them that the war was over 60 years back and that Japan was now a highly successful nation. In fact, it was the number one nation in Asia and the second biggest economy in the world. This was in 2005. The men refused to accept these facts till a fellow Japanese was brought to speak to them. For sixty years, these two soldiers had lived, assuming that their country was destroyed and lost, and everything they had was lost. What a loss of sixty years! They went as young men, and now they are old, men in their 80s it's a nice story it's a sad story but if you really look at the story this is a story many of us are living today it's a story that many of us are living today and let me explain Just a month back, we commemorated Good Friday, and we celebrated Easter. While talking of Easter, we almost always talk of the victory of Christ. A few days back, we had the victory night service, and the drama team team, captured for us the life of Christ, culminating in His resurrection and victory. So very often in the church, We talk about Good Friday, we talk about what happened at that cross, we talk about the sin which we carry and the way Jesus made it possible for us that our sins could hang on that cross. We talk of how important Good Friday is in the life of a Christian, and then we celebrate Easter, we talk of victory, we talk about the defeat of the devil, we talk
1: about the defeat of death,
0: but frankly, look at our lives today. Does our life really reflect Easter? Easter is about victory. Good Friday is not about victory. Easter is about victory. Resurrection took place on, on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. That represents victory, but look at our lives today. Is our life a life of victory? I really want us to contemplate that. Or, like many other things that we do, and like many other things that many other people do all over the world, Has Easter and Good Friday just become one day to celebrate in a year and then wait for it for next year? And in between, we forget that we have just celebrated victory. Is that what life is all about? Does our walk match our talk? Does our walk in life reflect our faith? Or are we the kind of people who simply say, talk is talk, walk is walk, but please do not link my walk with my talk. It's an entirely different story. Now let me take you back a little bit in history. Let me take you back in time about 1,982 years back. Let's assume for a moment, Okay, I know this is flashback time. Okay, assume that you're sitting in a... Well, we're looking at Revelation, and we've said that in Revelation there's a lot of flashbacks that we look at. Okay, so now it's flashback time. We're going back in time. And assume that you are in the year AD333. And let's assume that is the year Jesus Christ died on that cross. Let us also assume that you are a cherished disciple, every one of you is a cherished disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or at least, one of his closest followers. Somebody who's been with Jesus wherever he went. So you know everything about Jesus. The day is Saturday. And you are in Jerusalem. You have just woken up. The streets are quiet. And the few people you see are silently going about... Their daily tasks. And then you think of yesterday, the streets were noisy, people were shouting and screaming, and the one person you loved, Jesus Christ, was being whipped and stripped and ripped apart by the screaming mob. And then the unthinkable happened yesterday. Jesus Christ was crucified and he died. You were shocked, you were speechless, and you even tried to melt into the crowd. Maybe you even wanted to see what the result would be. You believed that Jesus was God, and He had told you that He had to die on that cross so that your sin could be taken off you. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26 Verse 28 records the words of Jesus where he said, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So that sins could be taken away. But maybe at that point of time, yesterday, you just wanted to see God the Father come down from heaven with his army of angels. And decimate all these enemies of yours. All these people who were whipping and stripping and ripping apart Jesus Christ. Maybe that's what you wanted to see yesterday. Maybe you are hoping that Jesus Christ would be crowned king at this moment. And maybe, just maybe, you were hoping that you would be one of the ministers sitting with him. But nothing like that happened. Jesus was stripped, Jesus was whipped, and then he was crucified. Jesus Christ died a shameful death on the cross. Your whole world collapsed yesterday. All your dreams of power and wealth and authority died when he died. You were back to being a nobody. And with those thoughts, your weary body went to sleep. And now you are awake, and it is Saturday. You don't know what to do. You are weary and weak, and you do not know what tomorrow holds for you. Somehow the hours of the day go by. You really don't want to see anyone. You have lost all hope. And according to your Jewish calendar, this is the Sabbath. You should be doing nothing. The few people walking around probably had to do 30 steps, 60 steps, whatever they were authorized to do on the Sabbath. They were doing that. But you were there, sitting in that room. All hope lost. Wondering what to do next. Would you have to go back to that fishing net? Would you have to go back and mend the boat once again and cast the net into the waters and try catching some fish? But not today, because today is the day of rest. But the Bible records in Matthew 27, 62 to 66, that on this day, something else was happening. You see, the Jewish calendar decrees that this is a day of rest. Because right from the time of creation, God did something on day one, and on day two, and on day three, and on day four, and on day five, and on day six. And on day seven, He rested. And the Jewish calendar decrees that day seven is a day of rest. But the enemy doesn't rest You see, Matthew 27, verses 62 to 66 is this This is what is written On the next day, which followed the day of preparation The day of preparation is Friday The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate Saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive How that deceiver said After three days I will rise, therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say to the people, he has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a God, go your way, make it as secure as you know how. And they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. You see, so here is the enemy which is still working, preventing Jesus Christ from coming back to life. Because the enemy knows that a living Jesus is dangerous. A dead Jesus is fine. So while the disciples and you are mourning at the loss of your beloved Jesus Christ, the enemy is, bus- is busy securing his position, making sure that Jesus Christ does not live in your life again. My question to you right now is this. Why are we talking about this Saturday? But my question to you right now is this. Is this the scenario that was played out 1982 years back? Or is this a realistic description of your life today? Be truthful. Look at your life today. Your yesterday... Was when you had your troubles. Are you still wondering and running around and saying, What's happening? Why is this happening to me? Why are these troubles affecting me? Why do I have problems at home? Why do I have problems in my office? Where is God when I need Him? Are you in that silent Saturday? This Saturday has actually been named the Silent Saturday. And if you go through different churches, you will find that this is the one day when many churches lock their doors. The Saturday between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, the church door will be locked because God is dead. Even today. Jesus Christ died, but God did not die. And even today, one day, the church is locked. You cannot place your candles in the church. Okay? It's the silent Saturday. Remember, between the crucifixion of Friday and the resurrection of Sunday is a silent Saturday. And that's what I want you to focus on. Because we focus so much on the crucifixion of Friday and the resurrection of Sunday. Which is great. But many of us are in the uncertainty of a silent Saturday. The disciples forgot that tomorrow was the day of victory. See, they had not experienced it then. Now you and I know that's the difference. That's the advantage you and I have over the disciples The disciples didn't see it happen The disciples might have heard Jesus say something about it But then they have not listened to a lot of things that Jesus Christ said The disciples then didn't listen to a lot of things that Jesus Christ said We don't listen to a lot of things that Jesus Christ says So that's no different Okay, But the reality is at that point the disciples didn't know Jesus Christ is dead. That's all they knew. Okay. But Jesus Christ had had quoted in Luke twenty four, verse seven. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. These were the words of Christ. He said it, he did it. But at that point of time the disciples might not have remembered these words. They have forgotten that tomorrow is the day of victory because that's what Jesus Christ said is going to happen. Remember this, sin was defeated at the cross. Victory over death was seen at the empty tomb. So between the defeat of sin and the victory is a period of time. And many of us are living in that period of time. We talk as if we are living in the face of victory. But our lives are reflecting the silent Saturday. The lives we live is actually a reflection of the silent Saturday. It's as if we have not experienced the victory of resurrection. And that is why I asked that question in the beginning. Is Easter just one day that we remember once a year and then wait for it for next year? Or is it, is it a day that is real, is really true every day in our lives? Is the victory of Jesus Christ realistic? Is it actually true in your life and my life every moment? Or... It's over for 2015. Let's wait for 2016. That's the question. So, between nailing our sins to the cross on that Friday and our victory over every death like situation on Sunday is a silent Saturday. And remember, the silent Saturday concept is not new in the Bible at all. Go right to the beginning. Before Adam got his Eve, there was a waiting period. He was alone. Adam and Eve never came together. There was a waiting period. Between the days of the straw and brick in Egypt to entering the land of milk and honey, the Israelites had a silent Saturday of 40 years. They came out of one situation, but because of what they said and did, and their disobedience, their silent Saturday was prolonged for 40 years before they could enter and taste the victory of Canaan. Before he became a prosperous governor, Daniel had to spend one night in the lion's den. That was his silent Saturday. Before Nebuchadnezzar declared Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego as the sons of the Most High God, they had a silent Saturday of a fiery furnace. They had to go through it. Maybe some of you are in the lion's den. But remember, Daniel didn't die in the lion's den. You see, we always need to remember the victory which follows. Don't dwell on the lion's den. You are in the lion's den, fine. God shut the mouth of the lions. God will shut the mouth of the lions in your lion's den. Because tomorrow you are going to stand victorious next to the king. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego went through the fire. Maybe some of you are in that kind of a situation. I don't know. Maybe you are in that kind of a situation. But in that fire, there was a fourth man who appeared to be the son of God. And then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out. Not a hair on their body was fringed. The fire had been raised seven times more than usual. But not one hair on the body. Now it's okay for me, but... For many of you, there's a problem. Okay, not one hair on Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego was stinged and they came out. And the king testified that these three young men were the sons of the Most High God. There is a victory that will follow. Why dwell on your fiery furnace? Why dwell in the, in the lion's den? David was a shepherd boy who was chosen to be king and he was anointed to be a king. But between his anointing and his getting the kingdom, he had to wait many years. He had to run, he had to hide. He was chased. But he became king. God had decreed that David would be king. Nothing was going to change that. But God never said that the minute I say you are king, you are king. There is already a king, Saul, sitting on the throne. And therefore David had to wait. And wait he did. But his waiting years were not comfortably sitting in the palace, surrounded by cushions. No. He was running for his life at times. David had a silent Saturday. A silent Saturday does not have to be a day. It can be hours, it can be days, it can be weeks, it can be months. How long you want to be in your silent Saturday depends on you. The quicker you recognize that there is a victory on the other side, the faster you will come out of your silent Saturday. But it's you and me who has got to recognize that. Next time you hear somebody giving a testimony from here, listen to me. Just count the number of minutes that are used to describe the problem in comparison to the number of seconds that are given to glorify God. The longer you dwell on your problem, the longer you will continue to be in your silent Saturday. Everything looks bleak. The disciples did not know what to do. You were there, 1982 years back, you did not know what to do. Okay, but today our situation is slightly different. Between the burial of Lazarus and his returning to life and walking out of that grave was four days of mourning. That was a silent Saturday. But it had to be there. The victory does not come immediately all the time. Sometimes, yes, it does. Now, don't mistake me. It can happen instantly. That's God's sovereign right. Why do we call him sovereign? Sovereign. Sovereign means he has the authority to do what he wants to do. That's what's meant by sovereign. No questions asked. And no questions can be asked against a sovereign's decision. And God is sovereign. So he has a right to decide whether he's giving it to you immediately or later. Now, I don't know if you are in your silent Saturdays. I don't know what trauma is traumatizing you right now. I do not know the horrors and the frustrations you might be facing today. I do not know what prayers you have prayed, or the reasons you have prayed those prayers. All I know is this. If this is your silent Saturday, the only thing that can follow is your Resurrection Sunday. There is no day in between the Silent Saturday and the Resurrection Sunday. But you see, this Silent Saturday is a strange day. It's a weird day, actually. This is the day when the devil tries his utmost to destabilize you. Letter D, and everything that he does also has the letter D in it. He tries to destabilize you. We know that his major modus operandi is deception. And the other things that he likes to do is he likes to produce doubt, depression, discouragement, despair, delay and dead ends. Everything about the devil is D, so stay away from these. Okay. The devil's first sentence as recorded in the Bible to Eve in the garden of Eden is all about casting doubt. Genesis 3.1, it is written, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He put doubt into the minds of the woman. And the biggest mistake Eve made was responding to those words of doubt. Maybe she wanted to clarify the statement. Maybe she thought that the serpent did not understand the situation. Maybe she just wanted to correct the understanding of the devil. But the lesson for us is very simple. Don't try to correct the devil. Let him say what he wants to say. Don't respond to doubt. You see, science tells us that opposites attract. Physics, the laws of physics, tells us that if you are dealing with some magnetism or something like that, you have the South Pole and the North Pole and the Positive and negative and dislikes attract or opposites attract That doesn't work in the Bible You see, the opposite of doubt is faith Now faith and doubt cannot be together If there is doubt, there is no faith If there is faith, there is no doubt Okay, so science falls way short of the standards set in the Bible So do not respond to doubt. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 8, it is written, and I am quoting the the ESV Bible, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing for your flesh and refreshment to your bones." Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Complete, implicit trust, faith in God. And turn away from evil. Have nothing to do with doubt, with depression, with words of despair, with words which delay you, with words of deception. Stay away from that. It doesn't progress you at all. It doesn't move you any way forward in God's kingdom. In John chapter 20, verse 27, Jesus said these immortal words to the, to the disciple Thomas. Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my sight. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. The key to overcoming your silent Saturday is just that. Stop Doubting and start believing Let me add one more point And then we close You might have received a promise from the Lord And you are wondering when it will come to pass It might come to pass immediately When Jesus said, be healed The blind man was healed Immediately That was faith at work But it might come to pass a little later And there may be a precondition When Jesus told ten lepers to go to the priest for their healing, they had to go. They did not get their healing immediately. But as they went, they received their healing. That was the precondition. They had to go. They had to obey. That was obedience at work. But when they obeyed, they got what they wanted. It might come to pass, but maybe the time is not yet. Abraham had to wait for many years for the promised son to become a reality in his life. That is perseverance at work. In Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6, David writes, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in His word, I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more, more than those who wait. For the morning. The silent Saturday is not an easy place to dwell in. Many of us know that. Only those of us who have actually gone through it could understand it, but then that's true for a lot of us. But let me tell you one thing. The disciples had to go through a silent Saturday. They did not know what would happen on the Sunday, even though their master had told them on more than one occasion that they would see Him alive again. But you and I have this wonderful privilege of knowing what is in store. You and I have already been told a number of times, we have read it from the Word, we have seen it in our lives, victory is assured. That is something we already know. So as we conclude, what are we to do today? Our Saturday of silence. Three very simple things. Number one, have faith. Trust God to do what He said He will do. Stop doubting. God is not a liar. Number two, be obedient to the Word of God. Look at your life again. Has God asked you to do something? Do it. Number three, persevere. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Just learn to wait on the Lord. Shall we pray? Shall we just turn to God and ask Him? Am I in that silent Saturday? Is that the way I've been living my life? Have I known of your victory and yet I've been doubting? I've been wondering what's happening? I've been talking negative things? I've been saying the wrong things? Ask God. If you have, tell Him to take those thoughts away from you. Trust God. If God is not interested in your future, whoever is, God has told us that He has plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Accept it. Look and see at your life. Have you been obedient to what God has wanted you to do? Just keep trusting Him. Persevere in the Word.
2: In Jesus' name we pray. Father, once again we praise you and we thank you for your presence. Thank you for speaking to us through your servant. Yes, Lord, help us. To obey whatever you have spoken to us in this thing, so that that we will become a blessing to one another in this fellowship, and we glorify your name in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Once again, it's our privilege to come to the Lord's table, and all of you know that it is for the children of God. And it is not as a ritual. And this is, as I said in the beginning, one of the ordinances our Lord Jesus Christ left to his church. The first one is the baptism. That is the waters of baptism. The way we do that as a symbol of new life in your Christian life. And this one is another ordinances. Again, it is a symbol of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us, those who have accepted Him as the Lord and Savior and obeyed Him. And they are the ones who can take part in this Lord's table. And it is, a, again, a symbolic observance Yet it is the one who holds the meaning for the child of God when we come to this lost table. And uh, it is also gives us the hope and uh, things to remember and to believe and hope for. And uh, let me read First Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23 onwards and see a few things for us to remember. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, He also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup, of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink of the cup, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many are asleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Once again, dear children of God, when we come to the last table, the bread and the wine is Remains us as the body of Christ and the blood of our Lord, our Savior. And there are things to, for us to remember. And first of all, to remember and remember the agonizing of Lord, that is the suffering of our Lord. It is for each and every one of us who accepted Him. For our sake, He has gone through that kind of suffering. And also he has achieved in the sense we have to remember the new life what he has assured for us. And thirdly, and he helps us to remember the appearing of our Lord. That is, his coming has to be remembered. So, it is not as the world believes Jesus Christ has dead And uh, that is forever known. We have a great hope Of the resurrection of our Lord, as He resurrected and He lived forever. The same thing, we, when we die, and we will rose again, and we will be with the Lord. And as a symbol, we all gone through, through our waters of baptism, buried, and we rose, and we came as a new person, a new person in Christ. So, this table is f- kept for us to celebrate the victory, what the Lord Jesus Christ won on the cross. It was happened before 2000 years ago. So, now it is a time for us to examine ourselves and come to the Lord. When you come to the Lord once again, before you are coming, please check yourself Examine yourself. There are three kind of people over here. One, if you are unsaved or not accepted Christ as a Lord and Savior, it's a time for you to think of the way you live and uh, recognize or identify your sin and confess before the Lord and see that you receive Jesus Christ in your life. Secondly, if you are a saved person, and there are things in your life that are hindering in your walk with God, again, bring them before this altar and this afternoon so that the one who kneeled before 2,000 years ago will carry your burdens and your hindrance and set you free so that you will take part in this table. Thirdly, if you are a saved person and there are storms in your life or obstacles in your personal life, very especially in the spiritual life, that you cannot take it, confess before Him and ask for His forgiveness. Then, if you are not having guilty, and uh, having an assurance that God has forgiven your sin, then you are free to come. Let us close our eyes. Examine these things. Whatever God has spoken to you in this day, remember, do you know Jesus Christ in your life? Do you accept him? If you recognize you are a sinner and you need a savior, Confess over your sin to the Lord. He is there to forgive you. If you are a saved person and you are going through sinful life, something is hindering you, confess before Him. The Lord will forgive you and set you free. Are you going through difficult times in your life, in your family, in your personal living, in the walk with the Lord? Do you find it difficult? Examine. confess before Him. Gracious heavenly Father, we thank you for the great privilege what you have given to us. As you kept this table before us, Lord, to come in union to take part in this table, especially to remember your body which was beaten before 2,000 years ago. Remember the blood which was shed on Calvary, on our behalf. Lord, when we take it, we have a life in us, O Father. So, Lord, we pray the bread and the wine in the name of Jesus Christ and sanctify it. And also we pray for your children, those who are having duty of, in their life. Lord, convince them. Spirit of God, minister to them. Set them free, so that with all conscience and freedom, they will come and take part in this table. In Jesus' most exalted name we pray. Amen. Once again, this table is kept for the believers, those who accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and obeyed them in the waters of baptism. And uh, as I said, if you are convinced and it is a uh, time for you, if you, are not, uh, if you are convicted of your sin and uh, not set you free, and uh, please refrain from taking this Lord's table and others please cooperate with the horses as they are going to guide you. Thank you.
3: feet as we close in this service let's bless the name of the Lord for the privilege of the table we have been fed double fold today he has sent his word powerfully and he has sent his flesh and his blood Jesus we thank you for your word unfailing for your flesh and your blood that cannot fail thank you for strength to go through this new month The word and the communion is more than enough to see us through this new month Thank you Lord Somebody give him thanks for his word For the flesh and the blood Sustaining power throughout this month No more breakdown, no more failure, no more harassment We are breaking forth on every side Everything is working for our good and to our advantage This new month In the name of Jesus Christ The word has come so powerfully today I've been blessed I don't think I've been this blessed Amen Since I've been coming to this church This has been a special blessing, blessed day for me I don't know about you That means this month Shall be a special month of blessing In the name of Jesus Now God's servant said have faith in God I had it, I wrote the three, the three things down Have faith in God He will do What He says He will do Amen? Amen So that means Whatever is a concern for you Rest This month God will show up for you Amen. Now you see that in Mark eleven twenty two 22 verse 22 24 Number 2 Be obedient Be obedient God is ready to go only with the obedience. Number three, persevere. 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18. For our light affliction is is for a moment. It worketh a far more weight of exceeding glory. So what you are going through is not enough to give up. God is just about to show up. In the name of Jesus. Now finally I add this one. Make sure throughout this month, you are praising God and worshipping Him. Amen? Yes. Neither murmur ye, so you will not be destroyed. They murmured in the wilderness, and God kept them there. The few ones that survived, they were telling stories of our people who murmured, gave up. Amen? This month, God will show up for you. As you key into these things from the altar, please, let's take it serious. God is up to something this month. I can sense it already. Lord, let this month be my month. Are you making that declaration? As I go into this month, let it be my month. 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 In Jesus' mighty name. As usual, we shall be exiting through this door. Please don't forget. We are exiting through this door. There is refreshment. Waiting for us I told you this is a special month You shall be refreshed all through this month In the name of Jesus So as we go out Just grab your refreshment And enjoy it all through the month In the name of Jesus The choir will be having A special outreach this May Amen Are you glad to hear that You clapping for Jesus On the 25th of May the choir is having an outreach. Our victory night service this month is, is a special concert. The choir is bringing God to you. So start inviting your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, and all your enemies you know. Bring them too. So that they can give you peace finally. In the name of Jesus. Date once again is 25th of May, 8pm. Amen. Excellent men, we are having our program, Holiness Conference, next week, Saturday. Not tomorrow. Next week, Saturday. Is it next week, Saturday or 16th? 16th. Okay. So we are meeting, anyway, for Holiness Conference, where we shall be discussing what it makes to live a holy life. Please, I I know that this month is loaded. It's loaded for you. In the name of Jesus. Father, we go in your name. We go in your power. Let this month be a month of encounters. Cause everyone to have a mighty testimony. Lord, this month, let every word we have heard today bring testimonies in our lives. I agree with you. Your silent Saturday is over. Enjoy the victory of the Lord. The resurrection power is bringing you. In the name of Jesus Go in peace Be refreshed all through this month In Jesus mighty name Let's share the grace in fellowship the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ The love of God And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit Be with us now and forevermore Amen Surely God's goodness and mercy shall follow us All the days of our lives And we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord Forever and ever In holiness And peace That's your portion in fullness